0: Welcome once again to Christ in Prophecy. I'm coming to you from our Lamb & Lion Ministries headquarters here at Maranatha Acres. As we approach the time of year when we celebrate Jesus' birth over 2,000 years ago, I wanted to change our usual setting and slow down to reflect on His first coming and the promise of His second coming. I'm joined today by Dave Bowen, our teaching evangelist. Pastor Dave, I'm so glad you could join me today. I am so excited to be here. I
1: really enjoy the Christmas season
0: well you are right in the middle of it brother and so we are at the right place the right time of year and we're going to talk about the right thing which is our soon coming king and without forgetting what lies behind we're going to look forward to what is coming ahead so what are you looking forward to this time of year dave with all christmas
1: celebrations every year i look forward to this because things get out. Now, it's commercialized. I understand that. But you have the manger, you have people talking about the birth of Jesus. It gives me as a pastor a chance to really talk about Jesus. And people are open to it. So they may not quite understand it, but at least their hearts are open to it.
0: Amen to that. You know, I think one word that sums up this time of year, at least in our nostalgic memory, is peace, or what the Hebrew people Mm. would say, "shalom," shalom, which means God's peace. And that beautiful Hebrew word is something that seems so very elusive, not just in Israel, but around the world today. So,
1: how can we have peace if the world seems like it's in so much turmoil? Well, there's a lot of chaos going on. We can't deny that. However, if you look at the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5, he talks about peace. And he says, in order to have peace, what that really means is to be in right relationship with the Lord. So, no matter what's happening in the world, no matter how chaotic it gets, what we do here at Lamb and Lions, we help people understand they can be in right relationship with the Lord and have that peace.
0: Have that eternal peace. You know, I think uh, we've talked about even this year at times, long before the turmoil in the Middle East, that it's one thing to have trouble in this world, external trouble, Mm. but it's another thing to have internal Mm. peace or shalom. The Lord said, in this world you will have trouble, but in me you can have peace. And He told His followers, let not your heart be troubled. I think there's a key distinction on that which is within our heart and that which is external. And so as Christians, yeah, there may be troubles buffeting all around, but inside we can know that lasting peace,
1: which passes all understanding. Right, and it just came to me too as you talk about that, what's happening in Israel. Psalm 122.6 tells us, commands us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. And doing that, it's not not a suggestion, it says He wants you to do this, and He gives us two blessings to do that. He gives us peace and security in our own household. If we will look at Jerusalem and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, which you and I know won't happen until the Lord Jesus comes back. You
0: know, so even as we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, what we're really praying for is the coming of the Prince of Peace so He could reign from Jerusalem, giving peace not only to Jerusalem, the land of Israel, but the entire world which will be flooded with peace, righteousness, and justice during the millennial reign of Christ. Amen. Well, right now we don't see that kind of peace. In spite of some who claim we're living in the Millennium as as we speak, uh, the world seems to be swirling with chaos. And a lot of people can testify. Some of you may be able to testify that in your daily lives you feel just a swirl of chaos, a lot of anxiety. And I'm reminded that when Jesus came 2,000 years ago and was born in little town of Bethlehem, mm-hmm. just south of Jerusalem, laid in a manger and swaddling clothes, the world then, like it is now, was a very dark and foreboding place.
1: Well, the Romans made sure it was that way, especially for the Jewish people. However, the Roman um, opposition and pressure they put on them was temporary. And one thing we can remember, Christmas songs. Everybody enjoys Christmas songs. I like the first Noel. Many people don't know what it means. It's the first birth. And that first birth, Israel has a brand new king. That's the thing to celebrate. And that king is not a temporary king. That's an eternal king to last forever and ever. So we can even have joy, even when there's oppression and all kinds of chaos going on.
0: Certainly right. You know, obviously, I am reminded, this year my daughter sent me a text and asked me, Dad, how often do you think of the Roman world? I thought, what? What? I guess there's some kind of a a meme out there, or a question on TikTok or somewhere that has asked young people how often they think of of Rome. And supposedly men think of it every day or every other day, and I thought, well I don't think of it that often. But as a Christian and as someone who studies the Word of God, I realized that when Christ came Rome was the empire in control of Judea and Samaria and what they later came to label Palestina or Palestine. And so again, Roman oppression was very prevalent. And I think a lot of people even then were looking for relief from Roman oppression. They were looking for a reascendence of Israel's primacy. And still today, a lot of Jews are looking for relief Mm -hmm. from the oppression of those who are surrounding them. Many of us could testify in our life, even here in the United States, we're awaiting a relief and a a coming peace that would be external as well as internal.
1: I remember that question being asked. Actually, it was a sportscaster, a female sportscaster, who asked an athlete that question. And I don't think she was ready ready for an answer. He goes, well, I think about the Roman Empire about once every two or three days. And she was shocked at the answer. And I "I wonder how much I really understand biblically what they're talking about.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't realize our society, our government, Mm -hmm. really was modeled on the Roman Empire Mm -hmm. in a lot of our government structures and us being a republic, having a senate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, we have a bicameral house. I I don't want to get distracted, but the political churning of that day and age is not unlike the political churning people feel today. And yet, again, God determined in that moment to pierce the darkness and to send forward the light of the world and yet he was only recognized by those who were looking for him or had spiritual
1: insight to realize he's here right now in our midst. Yes. Well, Isaiah 9, 2 talks about this too, the people who walked in darkness. And it says, people who walked in darkness, they will see a great light and those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. It says, you will multiply the nation, you will increase their joy, and and they will rejoice in your presence as with the joy of harvest, as people rejoice when they divide the spoils. Now, Christmas is coming. People will will be dividing the spoils Christmas (laughs) Yeah, that happens
0: on Christmas morning in most
1: households with children. But will they enjoy the light? Uh Will they enjoy the light of Christmas? You know,
0: that's a great point for many of us who look forward to gathering with family. Uh, A lot of us, even in our Christmas uh, practice, have a tendency to become, I already used the word, nostalgic. Uh, We look forward to decorating a tree and wrapping gifts and and gathering with family and loved ones. Mm -hmm. Are we really focusing on the reason for the season as the bumper sticker goes? Are we just getting caught up in that family moment?
1: You have to be focused on it. You have to make sure you do. I I know when I was raising our children, my, my kids, before we opened gifts, we read the Christmas story. And it got to the point to where the girls were fighting every year on whose turn it was to read the Christmas story.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that's the right answer, so, they, of fighting every yeah, year. Huh? To,
1: it's my turn to read, it's my turn to read. And it just <laughs> but, but the it was, eagerness of yes, children. This yeah. is the meaning of Christmas. Now the gifts are just a blessing and you say thank you, but the whole purpose and why we're here is the birth of Christ.
0: You know, my family a while back began to borrow from some of the more liturgical uh, traditions mm-hmm. to have a season of Advent and every day to read a passage pointing to the anticipation of the coming of the Lord. Obviously, many of those anticipations we reflect on were His coming the first time, but we always turn it to our Mm -hmm. anticipation of the coming of the Lord the second time. So, if you can get a sense of the, the eagerness of a child looking forward to Christmas, you can begin to understand the heart that all of us as followers of Jesus Christ should have to the coming of our Lord In the fullness of time at the appointed time known only to the Father. Amen. Well, you know, Dave, uh, as I think of Christmas, we always, again, tend to think of this as a backward-looking celebration. We're looking back now, 2023 or so years. I actually think Jesus was born before what we would call year zero. Uh, We won't get into all the details of, of the dates and how those were calculated. But it's not just a backward-looking celebration. As I said, it's a forward-looking. To me, Christmas is a lot like communion. A lot of people think communion only commemorates. You know, if you go to a church, oftentimes on the altar, it says, in remembrance of me. And we do take the elements of the, the wine or the grape juice and the bread in remembrance of our Lord. But Paul says that that is a forward-looking celebration as well. Because how, how long should we be practicing communion, the Lord's Supper?
1: Well, I think it's something that's, that's eternal almost because it would be worshiping. I mean, he, when He said, I give you this cup, this is my new covenant. A covenant is a promise, and that promise is an everlasting promise. So, we will always be, be worshiping the Lord. To me, the communion time becomes a time of, of worship as well.
0: It is a time of worship, but I'll point this out. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, Paul says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until, until He, he comes. comes. And so, even that backward looking commemoration is a celebration of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, the the very Gospel that we grab a hold of. But we do that looking forward to the time when He comes And we get to have that that true Last Supper with Him, the Marriage Feast of the Lamb, you might say. Right.
1: Well, there's so much in Scripture we can look back, but by looking back, you look forward as well. I think the angel Gabriel coming to talk to Mary is a prime example. When you go back to Luke in Luke chapter one, verses thirty or thirty-three, there's seven promises there. That's a great point. Four have been fulfilled when he spoke to her, but three are yet to 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 happen. So we can look back. We can also look forward with it. In Luke chapter one, he said, "You will conceive and give birth to a son." Check. You will name him Jesus. That happened. He will be great. That happened. He will be called the son of the most high that happened. But from that point on, we have three things still yet to happen as we look forward to Christmas. Okay. We were told the Lord God will give him a throne of his father, David.
0: You mean that's not happened yet?
1: That's not happened yet. That's that's going to be in the millennium. That's now, a lot be of Christians forever.
0: would say he is on a throne in heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of his father. But that's not the throne of David. That's not
1: the throne of David. David's promise here, he will come back and reign on earth for that thousand year millennial period. Okay. So that has to be fulfilled. I he agree reign, with you, obviously. He will reign over Jacob's for uh, descendants for how long? Forever.
0: Now, now, a lot of Christians have been uh, taught that that means the, the spiritual descendants of Jacob. In other words, those of us who have put faith in Jesus Christ, Gentile believers. Some of our viewers today may think that, well, that's me because I'm spiritually grafted in. But we believe that that is a promise to who? To Israel. TO ISRAEL, to the, Jewish people, TO THE JEWISH PEOPLE, THAT THE LORD WILL REIGN OVER THEM, AS WELL AS THE ENTIRE WORLD.
1: RIGHT. AND I BELIEVE, AGAIN, BACKTRACK A LITTLE BIT TO THE TRIBULATION PERIOD, I BELIEVE THE MAIN AUDIENCE WILL BE, will be JEWISH IN THE TRIBULATION mm. PERIOD. I MEAN, RIGHT NOW, THERE'S NO NUMBER TO PUT TO THIS, BUT IF YOU LOOK AT THE EVANGELICAL CHRISTIANS, HOW MUCH OF A PERCENTAGE IS GENTILE AND HOW MUCH IS JEWISH? I MEAN, YOU HAVE Messianic CONGREGATIONS OUT THERE AND YOU HAVE MINISTRIES THAT ARE JEWISH WHO LOVE THE LORD, BUT THE MAJORITY IS GENTILE. And I believe once the church is pulled out with the rapture and we get in the tribulation period, those numbers flip flop. And and God is is gonna finish with the Jews what he started way back in Abraham, which goes back to Luke. He says his kingdom will be a never ending kingdom beyond going on forever and ever but He will finish it by looking back at Israel. And, and the whole world will look upon Israel and say, we want what you have. What do we have? We have an everlasting God.
0: I think you almost skipped over that last promise because you, you said it, but you didn't cite it. This is number seven of those seven promises. Correct. From Luke chapter one, verse 30 through 33. Correct. So the seventh promise is...
1: That the kingdom will never, never, never End.
0: Will it ever end? It will never end. Never ever. Okay. So the point is that these three promises made in Luke chapter one, mm-hmm. verses thirty through thirty-three, we see that four of them have already been fulfilled. Looking back, looking forward, and then others are yet to be fulfilled. And I think this is a key, to, even for us as Gentile believers, because sometimes we we see all the promises in Scripture wrapped up in me. In other words, what's what am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to opening a gift on Christmas. I'm looking forward to receiving what is coming for me. And there are many promises given to me, given to you, given to all of us who have put faith in Jesus Christ. But these promises are given to the Messiah. Yes. And I think that we need to begin to understand that some of the promises in Scripture aren't about me. They're about Him. And they're about others in the the fullness of time, receiving what they have been promised, the Jewish people, the world, the creation itself, even Satan, who we'll talk about in another episode uh, coming up in a, in a few weeks. But, but right now, instead of just looking forward to opening my own gift, I, I really, again, need to turn my, my focus on Jesus Christ and what is promised to Him.
1: Right. And the promise, in the Christmas story, I, I connect with, with Simeon. Remember oh, Simeon in, 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 yes, a, in the I temple? I, I, I look at him, I mean, as a young Christian, I remember reading about Simeon, I go, that's how I want to be because Simeon said he has seen the Messiah. He understood it's all about the Messiah. And here he is waiting his whole life. He felt like God promised that he would be able to see this before he passed away. And what he's saying, he says, my life is complete because now I have seen the Messiah. And to me, that that just touches my heart because I go, no matter what happens, I know I have that peace, getting back to peace, Yes. because I have understood who the Messiah is. I understand Jesus. And once I have him, now Christmas really is Christmas.
0: You know, I also love Simeon. I wish I could claim to have his heart. I think I've got a sense of it because... I am looking forward to the Lord's Mm -hmm. Messiah. Mm -hmm. I believe, and every time I go and speak, I tell people in a given audience, I say, I think some of you will not see death until you see the Lord's Messiah, just as Mm -hmm. Simeon was promised. Now, I can't say that prophetically. I just sense it in my spirit. Mm -hmm. I truly hope that I'm in that generation that, that with my mortal eyes in this life sees the Son of Man descending from the clouds to regather His church but the Spirit has not revealed that clearly to me. I just sense the time is so, so near. And yet when I look back at the story of Simeon and Anna, I also point out that Scripture records only two who were looking for the Messiah, that being Simeon, who was waiting there in the temple, and Anna, who was a prophetess of God, also awaiting the Lord's Messiah.
1: But Anna also, the the verse says in verse 38 of Luke, there it says that, that she went out and spoke to many people that she, it wasn't just the two people, that ah. she went out and spoke to more about that. In fact, that's what she was doing. She couldn't wait, out, wait to go out and share the news, the good news. She couldn't wait to
0: go, there's a lesson there, but let's look at that verse. Read verse 38, we're talking about Luke chapter 2, which yeah. deals with Simeon and Anna, who yeah. were at the temple, and Correct. let's be very clear, this was eight days after Jesus' birth, right. when his parents, in, in fulfillment of the law's command, Correct. brought their, their newborn son, to the temple right. and would have offered a sacrifice on His behalf, uh, joy filled. And we know that uh, they were a poor couple. They, I don't think they'd yet received the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm. So they gave a poor person's sacrifice. But that's where these two older folks were there waiting, Simeon and Anna. But read verse 38. Oh, and the
1: joy that she had too. Yes. She says that that she gave thanks to God, first of all. How do you yes. celebrate Christmas? You give thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem.
0: Ah, so here's where I'm going to contradict back again. They were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Here's my question. There's a lot of people today who are looking forward to the redemption of America, or to the redemption of of Israel. Let's face it, in this day and age there's a lot of Jewish people that are looking forward to the redemption of Israel, looking forward to peace once again being uh, reestablished, or at least a semblance of peace. But my question is today, are those people who want to see our nation redeemed or returned to, uh, to being made great again, or those who want the world to have peace, are they looking for the Messiah? Or are they just looking forward to the gift that the Messiah brings?
1: I think if they truly understand Jesus, they understand what redemption is. When, when Jesus redeemed us, He redeemed humans. Didn't redeem angels, did not redeem animals. He redeemed humans. So to say a city is being redeemed, He's talking about people. And the only people who are redeemed are those who understand Christmas, the birth of Christ, and the eternal life and promise of Christ.
0: Well, we understand that. But do people looking forward to all those blessings understand that? Again, I think there are so many in our society uh, who are looking forward to the uh, redemption of a nation, sometimes a political party, uh, whatever. But are they focused on Jesus Christ or they just want the blessings? And so we're going to come back to make sure we talk about how a person can be redeemed. But for just a moment, I want to give an example of someone who did understand mm-hmm. uh, their need for redemption, mm-hmm. and that is none other than Christ's own mother, Mary. So, Mary as a young woman Mm -hmm. was singled out. She was visited to to be told, you will conceive and bear Mm -hmm. a child. We know she was very young because that's when a Jewish woman would be married, probably in her mid-teens. And yet she already understood, well, this is not possible. I've never been with a man. Mm -hmm. And yet the Lord told her through the, the angel that the Holy Spirit would come upon her. That's how she would conceive. And when Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth, she records a song, or she, at least she expressed mm-hmm. a song of exultance and joy. And in Luke chapter 1, Mary says, in the beginning of verse 46, My soul magnifies the Lord. She's praising the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Now, there are some who would claim today Mary didn't need a Savior because she was perfect. By Mary's own testimony, she needed a Savior. She needed a Savior. Yes. You needed a Savior. Yes. The Lord knows I needed a Savior. All of us fall short of the glory of God. And so here is this young woman, favored of God. Mm-hmm. And yes, the, the, the Gabriel said, you have found favor with the Lord, and yet she too needed a Savior.
1: And, and I wonder if her heart or her mind went back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, where the promise of the of the the seed of the woman, which means the virgin birth, because the seed's always for a man, not for the woman, except in Genesis. Or if her mind went back to Isaiah, and the promise of the of the virgin birth. And the, I wonder if her mind went there and she understood how it could happen, because obviously it's impossible, unless this is not by a, a, a human way, but by the Spirit of God. But by the Spirit of God. You know, with
0: God, all things are possible. Going back to Genesis as well, Mm -hmm. uh, when Sarah laughed at the idea that that she would have a child in her old age. So here we have a young woman who's Mm -hmm. never been with a man. Mm -hmm. In Genesis, we have an old woman who had never been able to conceive. And yet the Lord in a pre-incarnate form who appeared there with Abraham and Sarah beneath the oaks of Mamre says, with man, things are not possible. With God, nothing is impossible. Mm -hmm. And I love that passage as well from Genesis, where he goes on to testify at the appointed time, I will return to you. Now, I know that he's referring to coming back the next year when Sarah would have a son. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a prophetic uh, foreshadowing of the promise that at the appointed time, the Messiah will again come a second time.
1: See, this is a great thing about Christmas, because you can start talking about Christmas and get into a Bible study with that too. You're, (laughs) You're bringing Sarah up. I mean, God changed Abraham's name and Sarah's name. But what He did, He added an H to both their names. And the H represented God breathing, meaning that they're 80, they're 90 years old and 100 years old. There's no physical way they could do it. So it right. had to be God's breath. God had to be involved in order for that promise to be fulfilled. Christmas, God has to be involved in order for the promise to be fulfilled. Our mind has to come back to our Lord Jesus Christ and what it's all about.
0: So this brings us back full circle. Here we are at Christmas. When we pause, most people. If you drive around on Christmas morning, you see that even the traffic has stopped. There's nobody out shopping. The stores, most of them, thankfully, are still are closed, and so there, there's a moment of, of at least a semi peace. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yet, there may be people watching us today who say, I- "I'm." too far gone. The Lord's redemption can't be for me mm. because you don't know what I've done, you don't know what kind of background I have, how big of a mess my life is. And yet with God all things are possible. Yes. And so, you know, we want to give a message of encouragement and hope and, and eternal peace even to those who feel like their lives are in such turmoil or like the people of Zebulun and Naphtali, they are groping about in darkness. So. You and I obviously have, have found this peace mm-hmm. and, and the H you talk about. What's the secret for finding peace, even in a world as chaotic and turbulent as ours today?
1: Well, again, looking back, you can look forward and we understand how God's been involved in everything. See, Bible prophecy to me, which we we, we do, that's what we do, that's what we love, that's our heart. It, it brings trust to the Lord, it brings trust to the Bible, it brings trust. If, if you tell me you're going to do something yeah. and you do it, I, I'll trust you. If you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, then I may second. You know, I may not trust you the, the next time doing that. Yeah. So that trust comes in. But you look at the scripture. Numbers 24 it talked about the star. It talked about the a star shall appear from Jacob. Uh, Psalm 72 talked about the wise men and gifts. Jeremiah 31 unfortunately talked about King Herod and the babies in Bethlehem. Hosea chapter 11 talked about them being called out of Egypt. So because we that the, the scripture has talked about this, and we see everything play out in the past then we can say everything else in the future will also play out as it did in there. The trust is there. So the Christmas story, the entire Christmas story, comes full circle as well. And we can trust all of it. And that's what we need to understand. What Christmas is all about, it's not about a baby in the manger. See, people enjoy the baby. They get uncomfortable with the, the adult on the cross come Easter time. Yes, they do. But the story comes full circle.
0: Yes, we cannot end at Christmas. We do have to go to the cross. Correct. So even now, the baby in the manger, as you said, is destined for the cross and we can't just you know be like the 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 movie where the race car driver wanted to only focus on little baby jesus that's the safe jesus that's the non-threatening jesus Mm -hmm. that's the jesus that's so picturesque he he lays in a manger and he's he's innocent and harmless and non-threatening but what we really have to point people to is the Messiah on the cross. Because that's what He came mm-hmm. to fulfill in, in God's plan of salvation right. for us.
1: And it can bring the show full circle too because you opened with the word shalom, peace. And you really can't have peace without Christmas. You really can't have peace without the Lord Jesus.
0: Well, it was the old word, uh, without Him there is no peace. With Him you have peace. Right. You know, I'll go back to Simeon one more time. Because Simeon's prayer, I think, is a testimony of what the Lord offers even today and what is still to be fulfilled a messianic expectation. So Simeon, upon seeing the Messiah, Mm -hmm. upon holding this this child and recognizing through Spirit-inspired eyesight that the, the Messiah had arrived. He had indeed lived to see the Lord's anointed one. Uh, Simeon says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 29 through 32. Now, Master, Lord God, you are releasing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes yes, have I've seen, seen your salvation. salvation yes. Just like Mary was looking forward to a Savior. I, I've seen your salvation. And that's not a concept, that's a person. In this case, it's a baby who has come to save. Which you prepared in the presence of all peoples a light For revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. In other words, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, yes, He's for the Jew first, but also for the Gentile. And so Simeon right here recognizes that Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, would be a revelation even to the Gentile people. You and I grafted in, Mm -hmm. praise the Lord, but also for the glory of Israel.
1: I think the greatest gift anybody can give or receive at Christmas time is the true, honest picture of who Jesus is. I think a lot of people think, well, I'm a Christian, or I go to church, or I pray. But do they really have the eyes of the Savior on them? Have they really, can they really say, I've seen the Lord, I know who the Lord is, as Simeon did. And when you have that peace, you can say, you know what? I get to part now in peace because my life has been full.
0: Beautifully said, Dave. You know here at Lamb & Ministries for many years we've proclaimed that this is the season of the Lord's return. We don't set a day or an hour, but we know that soon and very soon Jesus will burst from the heavens. If you've not yet put your trust in Him, you don't have eternal shalom, His everlasting peace. And so don't wait another hour, not another day. In this season of, of supposed peace, put your trust in the Prince of Peace and then join us in looking for His soon coming. If you don't know how to do that, call us here at Lamb and Lyme Ministries. Go to our website, christinprophecy.org, where you can get a wealth of material pointing you through God's prophetic word to our soon coming King. So, on behalf of Dave Bowen and myself, Tim Moore, and all of us here at Lamb and Lyme Ministries, we hope that you know the Prince of Peace and are awaiting His soon return. Until He breaks from the heavens, we bid you shalom and Godspeed. For over 42 years, Lamb & Lime Ministries has proclaimed the soon return of Jesus Christ to as many people as possible, as quickly as possible. Our entire staff is dedicated to that Gospel-centered message, which we get out through the Christ in Prophecy television program, our bi-monthly magazine, The Lamplighter, a huge library of books, pamphlets, DVDs, and of course, our dynamic and interactive website. We point new generations and new audiences to our blessed hope. And I hope that you've found it to be encouraging to you because we can't do it alone. This faith-based ministry is supported by thousands of Prophecy Partners, which enable our outreach through their faithful prayer and financial support. Prophecy Partners commit to contributing $25 a month, less than a dollar a day. And in return, they receive a print edition of our Lamplighter magazine and updates on the impact this ministry is having around the world. If you've been blessed by Lamb & Lime Ministries, join with us partner to share the exciting message that Jesus is coming soon. Godspeed.